Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, the date today is, well, this is probably going to go up on April 7th. I'm recording this on April 6th, which I think is a Monday. It's 1130 at night. Uh, I have no idea what day today is anymore. It, it, to every, you know, I just, you wake up at noon and you're like, well, what am I going to do today? Just do nothing. Stay inside. Um, today I want to talk about something that uh, it's kind of an, an encapsulated all of basketball media over the last 24 hours. Uh, when I woke up today, uh, it seemed like every single blog, every single site uh, on the planet was writing about the possibility of acquiring Laurie Markin. And then myself included, I was also one of the people that uh, wrote about this very thing for Piston Power. And you guys can go check that out if you'd like. I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit here and if it makes sense for the Pistons. And also if it makes sense for another team, which we'll get to in just a second. Um the rumor is that if the Bulls do not uh, move forward with a different front office uh, next season, that Laurie Markkinen would like to seek a trade. And this shouldn't really surprise anybody. I think it was Denzel Valentine that did this uh, near the trade deadline. Look, we all know it's no secret. Garpax has been one of the worst front offices, not just in basketball, in the four major sports in America. Um, and it's obviously time to move on. Unfortunately, the Reinsdorf family is also dumb. Uh, as it stands, the Bulls are they're conducting interviews for they're essentially going to revamp their with their their management, which is good. Between the egregious contracts, their questionable staff hirings, and their overall inability and competence uh, when it comes to uh, constructing a successful basketball team, it's time to move on from Garpax to put it as delicately as I can. And in the event, in the some miracle event. That Garpax isn't pushed out. Uh, this shouldn't surprise anybody that Lori Markinen. He also he won't be the last person that that wants to get out of Chicago. I can tell you that. But the sentiment seems to be uh, this is going to happen. This is a thing that is going to happen. And I think that that's lost on a lot of people. And a lot of people are running with the oh my gosh, Lori Markinen's on the block. He's really not. Like right now, he's really not. That's not true. It's just a thing that might happen in the future if you know X, Y, and Z doesn't well does or does not happen. Let's assume for all intents and purposes, it's more fun to assume that it will happen. And I think the funniest thing to me is like, yeah, all these sites were writing about the possibility of landing Laurie Markkinen. You know, your team, Team X, needs to do their due diligence. That was literally the headline that I wrote on Laurie Markkinen. And it's like, we were just so happy that there was something thrown to us. Like, there's finally some some content to write about. We're not just like, oh, how did this player perform this year? What's their player grade? How can they improve? How can they get better next season? Oh, let's do a draft profile on this guy. Like it was nice to finally be like, okay, here's like some actual new information that we can build something on. It, for me as a writer and doing things like this, it was really refreshing to see that um, and to have some new material to write about. The thing is, like, I actually think maybe 29 teams in basketball could put together a package that interests the Bulls for Laurie Markkinen. And like, how often do you have that with a player? Where I think Laurie Markkinen could go to any team, basically any team, and be successful. Maybe 29 is a stretch. I don't know. If you said like 23, you're probably it's somewhere in that ballpark, right? But I think upwards of 29 teams in the league could probably put together a package that would entice the Chicago Bulls. And obviously there's going to be some you know, order of, okay, this is the best, this is the second best. But I think every single team could construct an offer that the Bulls would at least consider. Now the question is, could the Pistons construct one? I don't know, man. When you really, really begin to look at it, it would come down to, okay, are you going to pair Laurie Markkinen 
and Christian Wood. Like, that doesn't make any sense. As Lazarus Jackson correctly pointed out on Twitter earlier, we would give up a million points in the paint per game if that was the thing. Like, both of them can can be solid rim protectors. Like, if you watch their highlights, you'd be like, oh, my gosh. Like, these guys use their length so unbelievably well. They're some of the best shot blockers in basketball. No, you're watching highlights. Like, they have their moment. Like, these insane amount of mental lapses, they're both fine, but, like, that's it. And I think, okay, you're probably going to actually have to give up Christian Wood, assuming the Pistons re-sign him, which they will. And at that point, it's like, is it worth giving up Christian Wood for Laurie Markkinen? I I mean, maybe, probably, I don't know. Because there's no way you compare both of them. So then you look at, okay, it's going to be Luke Kennard then, right? It's going to be Luke. That's what they're. That's what the Bulls would want. And do you want to do that? I mean, not really. To be honest, I would prefer to not do that because, again, then you're pairing Laurie Markkinen and Christian Wood, and I think that's weird. And could it work? I think Christian Wood is able to be stretched to playing center. It's like one of his two positions, but he's a better power forward. Laurie Markkinen, better power forward. So unless that's your depth right there, okay, who are you playing at the five? Are you going to put John Henson there? You have to re-sign him too. What are you going to do? Are you going to end up with James Wiseman? Like, imagine if you end up with Obi Toppin in the draft. Like, what if he falls to you? You know what I mean? Like, there are so many variables to this. I just don't really know if the Pistons actually make sense for Laurie Marketing. But again, as I wrote for Piston Powered earlier, uh, yeah, it's most definitely worth doing your due diligence if, uh, you know, in the event that Laurie requests trade. And then I think beyond the Pistons, I think you look at, and I also haven't really talked about what Laurie has actually done this year. And it was a video in my last episode where I listed like the most underrated player from every team in the Central Division. I I believe what I said was that Laurie Markkinen has regressed this year, and I didn't expand on it at all. So, and I also think I maybe said he was bad. He was bad this year. Like, well, he wasn't. He wasn't bad, but it the context to what I said wasn't really there. I probably should have expanded on it a little bit more. It wasn't his fault. It literally wasn't his fault at all. You t- you turn a guy who, like, is a really good post player. I say really good pretty loosely. He's a really solid post player. Um, and they just kind of relegated his role into this, like, you're going to just play from the perimeter. And, like, his two-point shots were down. His overall shot volume was down. Um, his scoring was down this year. And, like... I think he was taking like three and a half less two pointers this year. Um, his three pointers were like literally right on par. His numbers from this year to last year from the perimeter were literally the exact same. Um, but he was averaging what I think 18.7 a game last year. He's only averaging upwards of 15 this year. I think it was like literally 14.7. Um, so he had a little bit of an off year and it was literally because of how he was utilized and it was poorly. You need to put him in, in, on, a, in on a team in a system where he's actually able to play basketball and it's kind of like what's happening with Seku this year where I, I don't think he's utilized properly all the time it's on a different level with Laurie Markkinen but the principle remains the same so then you want to look at another team and maybe this isn't the team that would actually make the most sense for them for the Bulls as a partner I mean um, and I tweeted this earlier I do think it's the Sacramento Kings I, I like I think you can look at the Kings as a are they a sleeper team because I think they definitely might be and then you think the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about a trade package is Buddy Heald. But then when you really you take a step back and you look at it, okay, I, and I, I, if I'm the Bulls right now, having Buddy Heald would be really, really cool if we were like a fringe playoff team. You know, we need like that extra scoring punch. Like if we're like the Magic 
in that position, and we have a pretty good roster, but we just need that extra like 17 to 20 a game, yeah, I want a guy like Buddy Heald. But when I'm the Bulls and I'm in rebuild mode, I don't want a guy who is you know going to enter this contract extension that's going to kick in next year, and then by the time he's done with it, he's going to be what 33 years old. When we're hoping to you know be coming out of our rebuild, why would that interest the Bulls at all? You know what I mean? So then the, the package that the Kings fans are throwing out there is like a high first, a high second, and like Bielitsa or something like that. I don't really know if that gets it done. I, I don't know if you're just really going to get away with a trade centered on draft capital for a guy like Laurie Markkinen. I think you're going to have to give up a guy like Bagley. And I know Kings fans are super reluctant to do that. But let me tell you something. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, as it stands, is more durable than Marvin Bagley. And Laurie Markkinen is a spacer. He's a floor spacer. And I think that's something that De'Aaron Fox needs. Um, I think that's even something that Corey Joseph would benefit from. And that's not to say that the Kings should just give up on Marvin Bagley. But if it's for an asset like Laurie Markkinen, where it's like, and I saw somebody say earlier that like, oh, I'm not going to trade this unknown piece for a known piece in Bagley, referring to Laurie Markkinen as this unknown piece. And that's like my biggest problem with Kings fans. I love them so much. Some of them just don't watch basketball. Like, outside of their own team. And it's insane. I was like, Laurie Markkinen's actually really good. He's pretty good. Um, and I, it also, I also learned, like, how high people are in Bagley. And then some people were like, well, what about we're supposed to have Bagley? And this this was in reference to what if they somehow pull off a buddy healed for Laurie Markkinen trade. And obviously, there are going to be other pieces here. I'm talking strictly, like, this is who the main piece is. You're not going to get a one-for-one Bagley for Markkinen. You're not going to get a one-for-one healed for Markkinen. The salaries wouldn't even match there. You know what I mean? Like, there's other pieces. I'm just saying this is specifically what we're looking at. Some people are like, oh, if you're trading Buddy Heald, what, you're going to have Bagley, Markinen, and Harry Giles? Harry Giles isn't coming back. He's not going to be a Sacramento King next year. You have nothing to worry about there. Um, and if it comes down to it, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Bagley. I'm sorry, I'd rather have Markinen over Bagley. I'm sorry, Kings fans. It's true. Anyways, and I, I again, I don't know if the Kings are the best team for him. I do. I think that they are a team who you want to end your playoff drought. You need a guy who can score the ball. You need a guy who can rebound the ball. And you need a guy who can play defense, like not even really most of the time, but like a decent amount of the time. I don't know. I think he's really he's. I, I, you can't even say he's a fun project because I think he's sort of nearing the end of being a project where I think we're starting to kind of round out his game a little bit. And I think him regressing this year didn't really help him all that much. He's got a really pure shot. I really enjoy watching him play. I just maybe not this year because he was just the the Bulls are just unfair to him. Um, I think he would thrive in Sacramento. I think they would easily win. I don't know forty three games with a healthy roster, depending on who they're able to keep. Uh, you know, bring back this season. Um, it'll just become really difficult come contract time for Markkinen if you're Sacramento and you're able to trade for him, because you're gonna be. Flirting with that tax line for the next, like, it's hard to say decade, but for the next, like, six to seven years, the Kings are going to be flirting with the luxury tax so often that if you're somehow able to land somebody like Laurie Markin and he becomes unrestricted in, what, 2021, I think, um, that's really difficult to pull off an extension. I have no idea how they're going to do that. Could they figure it out, though? Probably. Alrighty, folks. If you got a better trade proposal for Laurie Markin, please let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, if you made it this far, as always, thank you very, very much for listening.
also it's always good to be back. Yeah. I will catch you guys in the next one.